everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dog Backwards, where we look at life, faith, and uh, theology from a different angle. This podcast is brought to you by nobody, right? We are self-supporting, so if you want to support us, I wrote a book. You can go buy it on my website, calebmore.tv, The Disappearing Garden, uh, Surviving Babylon When You Were Made for Eden. And we've got another book that'll eventually make it, but y'all got to buy this one first. So um, today is somebody that I listen to quite a bit. And when I was a young Christian, when I would mow my lawn, this is the podcast I listened to while I mowed yards for myself and other people, because it really helped me fine tune my ability to discern the things people say God says compared to what God actually says. And so let me introduce my guest today, Chris uh, Rosenborough. Did I say your last name right? You added an N. It's Rose Bro. Rose Bro. Rose Bro. Uh, he hosts um, Fighting for the Faith on Pirate Christian Radio, which is available everywhere. But Chris, thanks for being here, man. Uh, my pleasure. Glad to be here, sir. So tell everybody, if they're not familiar with what you do, kind of what uh, Fighting for the Faith does. So what Fighting for the Faith does is facilitate the collision between God's Word and what it really says and what people are manipulating the Bible to try to make it say. Uh, and, and so I, I was trained in counter-cult uh, Christian apologetics uh, back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And, uh, and, you know, my focus was on, you know, doing comparative theology and how the cults twist the scriptures. And unfortunately, the uh, tw Bible twisting techniques of the cults, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian science, uh, things like this, have uh, found their way into many mainstream, just garden variety evangelical churches. It doesn't matter if they're a small church or they're a big box church. There are ways in which pastors are twisting the scriptures, and by doing so, they're 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 taking the focus off of Christ and sound doctrine and causing people to believe in deceptive words rather than the true words of scripture. So fighting for the faith has always really been about uh, doing the comparative work and then facilitating that collision with the idea that everybody gets to listen with an open Bible. I don't care if anyone gives me a, the benefit of the doubt or an open mind. I don't need that. I just need an open Bible. Follow along. And, and then ask yourself the question, who is rightly handling the biblical text? Well, what does a biblical text really say? And just how dangerous is it that this pastor habitually is twisting scripture to basically craft a feel-good message that tends to uh, scratch itching ears or worse, teach mythology or weird delusional concepts? You see, that that's the idea behind it. Now, we are just outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so we deal with, yeah. So uh, we have people here in our church that go to Oral Roberts University, but they they have good guards up. Like they, they are going for an education and yeah. they know how to sift through some of the things that are taught in that environment that are just um, unhelpful. But yeah. we're one of the meccas and one of the largest sending areas of prosperity gospel. And so we deal with that aspect of it quite a bit. Uh, here's what they say. Here's what the Bible actually says. You'll hear it from our pulpit quite a bit. But oftentimes, because we do this, uh, we get accused, and I'm sure you get accused of this a lot, of uh, being like a heresy hunter, that you're just out there trying to pick apart every little thing. Um, do, do you kind of get that feedback oh, yeah, much? I 
Yeah, but uh, you know, it, I I get that from uh, you know, and Driscoll uh, years ago, you know, in a sermon, kind of he he described me as a, a maladjusted man who lived in his mother's basement and flogged <laughs> uh, from his underwear, uh, you know, uh, you know, from his mother's basement while eating Cheetos, and and so I, I get accused of all kinds of things, but uh, the idea then behind this concept of heresy hunter. It implies that uh, that somehow it's a bad thing to compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God and point out that what somebody's teaching is false. And the history of the church not only proves this wrong. For instance, there's uh, when you look at when you study church history, there are famous heresies named after the heretic. For instance, Arianism was named after Arius. The Pelagian heresy named after Pelagius. You know, you, you get the idea here. But the, the reason why the church engaged in such activity is due to an actual command from Scripture. Let me explain. Um, scripture it gives the qualifications for a pastor in several passages, but one of them notable, and that's Titus chapter 1. Uh, and so in Titus chapter 1, Paul has left Titus in Crete to uh, basically set up uh, men and put them into the pastoral office. And there are qualifications that they must have in order to be a pastor in Christ's church. Let's, let's just put this out there. It ain't my church. You know, I ain't the Lord of the church. Christ is. And so here, here's some of the qualifications. And I think we would have no problem with the first part of the list. So Paul says, uh, uh, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, husband of one wife, his children are believers not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination for an overseer as God's steward, that's an important phrase, by the way, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. And everyone goes, amen. Yeah, that's right. We don't want any moral scoundrels uh, teaching us from the pulpit that 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 gives a black eye to Christianity. But there's more. Wait, there's more. <laughs> and the more goes like this. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, which means there's a standard. There's a way to rightly handle God's word so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine. And listen to this and to rebuke those who contradict it. And then he goes on. There are many who are insubordinate. They are empty talkers. They are deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party, and they must be silenced for they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. So not only must a pastor be a morally uh, above reproach, he must be he must know what sound doctrine is, be able to in give instruction in it, rebuke those who contradict it, and then you got that passage there in that same text that says that God wills that those who are teaching contrary to sound doctrine must be silenced. Yeah. So the idea here then is is that you know somebody says, well, you're just a heresy hunter. Well, I just sit there and go, well, Titus says I need to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. You know. And not only that, the guys who are teaching this heresy, they need to be silenced. People need to you know, walk away from them because they're being led to hell. So yeah, we don't like the conflict anymore. And we're afraid. And a lot of a lot of Christians, uh, because either they don't know their Bible well enough that they're afraid to go and address these things that are being taught. And because we haven't tended to the garden, the weeds have just grown and grown and grown. I just finished yeah. reading uh, a book by Costi Hinn, Benny Hinn's nephew, yep. 
uh, God greed and the prosperity gospel. And there was one line in there where he was talking to a pastor in Africa. And he says, the prosperity gospel is the main export of the United States. Mm-hmm. And I, I told that to our church uh, this week, because I was like, guys, sometimes you might be uncomfortable with how vocal we are on this subject and how often we name names. Because um, yeah. I'll be very clear. I'm like, hey, there's Rama, there's Victory Christian Church, there's Oral Roberts. All of those people are teaching a gospel that is contrary to what the Bible actually teaches. And the people that damages ends up in my office. And I know you have people in your office that come from that prosperity movement. And they're wondering why their child has leukemia because Mm -hmm. God had promised to heal everything. And they've prayed and done all the stuff they were supposed to do. They give all their money and their child isn't getting better. And so they, it's weird because it's, if it does, the prosperity gospel doesn't work. It's always your fault. Always. It's, it's always oh, you your didn't fault. have enough faith. You, you weren't tithing, you know, you, you know, you, you, you weren't using faith filled words. You didn't believe the prophecy that the pastor gave regarding your breakthrough. I mean, I've heard all these. <laughs> so, there's always right. a breakthrough coming, isn't there? Oh, it's, it's, it's always, always it's, just right outside of your reach, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. You're absolutely right. This destroys people because here's the deal. The wages of sin is death. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but in this life, we all get little uh, advance payments on death, little by yeah. little, you know. And so, if if you are relatively healthy, and you're just living your life, gray hair starts to show up, you know, flabby skin, and 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 maybe you start to have you know some early health problems. But the reality is this: is that some people start getting uh, you know bigger payments earlier in life. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe they have an autoimmune disease. Maybe they have MS, maybe they have, uh, they've been hit by a bus and have ongoing uh, physical problems and challenges as a result of it. And, and over and again, these people are asking legitimate questions. You said that atone, that the atonement, that healing was part of it. And I, and I'm sicker now than I was before. And, and, and things are getting worse. And you're going to note that people who, who end up with like cancer in these movements, uh, you know, they can't explain what's going on. They live in this alternative universe. I was uh, watching the, uh, the service from Bethel church in Redding, California, mm. from just uh, like the first weekend of February, uh, the morning service. And, uh, and a lot of people uh, are aware that uh, Bill Johnson's wife, uh, Benny Johnson, yep. she has cancer. But the thing is, she's taken a turn for the worse. And uh, one of the things that was said by Chris Vallotton hinted, hinted at the idea that she may only have a few weeks to live. Wow. And what they were doing was decreeing and declaring and commanding and control. And they they said that they were going to storm the gates of heaven until God gave Benny her breakthrough. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that the you know, that's not the gospel, and nor are those the promises of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now I can assure you that each and every Christian will be perfectly healed when Jesus returns and we're resurrected from the grave. Until then, uh, the last enemy to be conquered is death, and it hasn't been defeated yet. 
in this in the sense that you know we still have to deal with it as christians it'll be thrown into the lake of fire on the day of judgment but until then death still reigns over you and i and so everybody who is in christ everybody who trusts in christ for the forgiveness of their sins and eternal life as a gift given by god bear, bears fruit in keeping with repentance they have the assurance that when jesus returns they will be raised from the dead and they'll live forever in a in a you know, in a world without end, the, you know, the new heavens and the new earth, it's, it's going to be glorious. And, you know, I'm looking forward to being able to see my feet again. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm looking forward to no longer having any gray hair and yeah. maybe regaining, you know, a, you know, a 28 inch waist and that six pack abs that I had when I was 18. The, the Rogaine is not working as well as it said it would. It is. Right, right. And, and the thing is, is that knowing what the promises are in scripture, when you read the epistles always and again, uh, the three pillars of the Christian faith are faith, hope, and love. Faith in Christ for the forgiveness of sins, love towards neighbor in good works for our neighbor's sake, and then hope in the world to come. We're, we're to keep our eyes on the things that are coming, or you yeah. keep our eyes in heaven, if you would, because we're passing away, and so is this world. And when you understand the biblical gospel, you can die well. Yeah. You can die well in faith. But the thing is, is that these people, and, and the other bar, part of it you brought up is they've given all their money, you know, yeah. in, in hope for their breakthrough. And they're, they're sicker now than they ever were. And here's the reason why. Because those people are lying to you. Yeah. They, they are twisting the scripture. They're making merchandise of you. And as scripture says, they're teaching for, teaching for shameful gain the things they ought not to teach. And, and so you have to unwind all of this and people coming out of this movement. And I pastor a few of them. Uh, you know, coming out of this movement, they, they need a lot of care and instruction and help, especially if they're uh, if they're suffering in their own body. That's that that, you know, makes it even you know, a little bit worse. I just got back from a sabbatical. I took all of January off. Uh, my church was gracious enough to allow me that time because I was exhausted from fighting certain battles, uh, re most of it regarding Bethel. My dad had a ministry for 25 years. Uh, very faithful servant of the Lord, taking students um, on mission trips for a month, two months at a time, raising the next generation of missionaries. And he passed it on to uh, one of his former students. And it didn't take maybe six months to a year before he realized that they had been involved with Bethel and had not been telling us, but had been absorbing that teaching and even brought Bethel in and partnered in ministry with them. And then when we went to address it, he got fired. I got kicked out. Just, just a, you know, this 25, 26 year ministry legacy is destroyed within a short amount of time. And one of yep. the things was, is regarding healing because Bill Johnson, the pastor of Bethel says, I refuse to believe in a theology that allows for sickness. Right. So, so he even compares it wife is dying of cancer. And he even goes so far as to compare it to uh, a, a different gospel that any theology that allows for sickness, mm -hmm. he, he goes to that verse that would say, you know, um, uh, regarding circumcision, that it being another gospel, let them be accursed. And he applies that to this. If anybody thinks that sickness is allowed, it's a different gospel. This is no yeah. different than Mormonism or anything else. It, it's created a new gospel. Now, my question for you is, is like uh, when Jehovah's Witness said that Jesus was going to return physically at a certain mm -hmm. time and they all gathered on a hill and he didn't come. There was actually a large exodus. 
And the same way with Mormonism, there was a point where there was a large exodus. Uh, I think it was mainly around the, uh, the book of Abraham when that was shown to be a yeah. uh, falsification. There was a, a huge exodus. Fraud. Yeah, complete yep. fraud. Uh, it turned out to be an Egyptian book of the dead, right? Uh, yeah. So do you think somebody so prominent within Bethel um, dying of cancer, do you think there will be a huge exodus from this? Or are these con artists and spin artists so good that they'll just spin it around and just put another carrot out there for everybody else? I, I would note there's probably not going to be a big move uh, from people uh, people leaving Bethel. And the reason why is because you can already see it in place. So if you if you watch the February 6th uh, morning service uh, for uh, you know Bethel Church Reading, uh, you the, the the term that we use in counter cold apologetics, we call it cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. And and it's this idea that, you know, somebody made a prophecy that the end of the world was going to happen. Jesus was going to show up on such and such a date. He doesn't show up. So in the case of the Jehovah's Witnesses, he was supposed mm -hmm. to show up in San Diego in 1911, I think. Yeah. And uh, and and, you know, of course, he didn't come back. It wasn't the end of the world. So they said he secretly came back. Invisibly, yeah. Invisibly, he secretly, invisibly came back, and the Jehovah's Witnesses carried on. Now it's true that they they lost they lost a few people, but always when it comes to cognitive dissidents, when things like this happen, they interpret it as oh, uh, the devil is testing my faith to see whether or not I really believe. Yeah, and and so they double down and become even more unquestioning and more loyal to the false teaching of the leader of the cult. Uh, and so you can see that in play uh, in, in with Bethel for sure. And I mean, it, when Benny dies, uh, you know, and it sounds like it's not that far off, uh, you know, for the, the for the the fellow who makes no concessions for sickness and thinks that it's a different gospel if you allow for sickness in Christianity. Uh, why did he allow his wife to die? Um, you know, I don't understand if yeah. you have the authority to and over these. Why did you not do anything? It, it's tragic, and I want people to make sure that they understand that we're not celebrating the fact that she is perishing away. Like, I, I'm not excited about that, and I, I pray for her because I want her to come to a, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before she right. goes. Uh, we get no glory in that, but you can only walk in error long enough before truth manifests itself. Yeah. Now, what a lot of people I find within the church, and we're a part of the Southern Baptist Convention— uh, but we're kind of, I mean, we're the reformed side of it. And I always say I'm the kind of Baptist that make other Baptists uncomfortable. Right. Um, <laughs> like my friend, uh, Justin Peters. Oh yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah. I know. I'm going to have him on here before long. Um, and uh, they think that this stuff is a niche market that when they think prosperity gospel, they think Benny Hinn and they don't really think Benny Hinn's that popular. They think, Oh, you know, they dismiss it very easily. But what has happened is what Benny Hinn made popular on the outskirts has now almost become the mainstream. Yeah, but that is that is what current evangelical Christianity has become, and the rest of the people are just kind of blind to it. So, how bad is this problem? <laughs> if I could uh, use a a sickness analogy right now, the prosperity heresy and it's, you know, kind of charismatic counterparts. Uh, it's so bad within the visible body of Christ within evangelicalism. It's, it, it, it's stage four cancer. 
Yeah. It's it's killing evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the evangelicalism that existed when I grew up barely exists anymore, barely. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and here's the other weird part about it is the faithful pastors who are actually preaching the word. These guys are being hunted down and uh, and, you know, losing their pulpits or when they leave, you know, some you know, NAR, you know, person under, a, you know, apostle so-and-so takes over for them as soon as they retire. Uh, it, it's really, really, really bad. It's, it's, you know, in fact, it's so hard nowadays in evangelicalism to find a faithful church um, that, you know, we, I spend a lot of my time doing just referral work, work week mm. after week, trying to help people find faithful pastors. And uh, and for some people, geographically, there ain't nothing. I mean, you either got the the local NAR apostle who preaches the prosperity heresy and decreeing and declaring, or you got the Roman Catholic Church. Those are kind of your two yeah. options. Or, or or you got some strange form of, you know, of liberalized Presbyterianism yeah. or live or Lutheranism, and uh, it's just it's a mess. I had a friend who moved to Colorado, and our church was his first real church experience. He had been a heroin addict for 13 years, but he, he became a, a deep part of the church and uh, was a wonderful guy. And he moved to Colorado and he was looking for a church. So I was like, well, let me go to Acts 29, see if I can refine the reformed Presbyterian church. And even there, he's like, man, they spend the whole time talking in politics from the pulpit yeah. saying who I should and should not vote for. And that, he's that like, I, the word, by the way, no. that's something totally different. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't care who you vote for. I, I care who you follow for eternity. Um, right. You had mentioned Mark Driscoll earlier. Now, if I'm honest, when I listen to you, uh, I don't mow yards anymore. As a church planner, I had like nine side jobs because it was me and my wife my, as the title. My tithers. wife still makes me mow my yards. So I mean, I, I, mow, I mow mine, but I don't have to mow <laughs> other people's. And Got you it. would talk about Mark Driscoll every now and then. I'd be like, all right, now he's just being picky. Like, Sometimes when, when you're made to be a hammer, everything's a nail. And that was what I was like, man, he's just finding nails everywhere. Cause I loved Mark. Mark was the reason that I became a church planner. I was sitting in my office one day and he says, if Christians annoy you and lost people excite you, you might be a church planner. And I was like, man, that sums up me to a T. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to try to become a church planner. And, but, uh, that held up pretty well on your end, didn't it? Uh, Mark, yeah. Mark went, uh, in fact, I, I have some friends that really loved Mark. And I was like, dude, there's some real issues that I didn't see because I liked his preaching. I like his style. I like the brashness because I, I like the bold kind of in your face attitude. But um, yeah. what was the first thing on his teaching that kind of sent off your radar? So funny enough, you know, the first thing that really kind of made me think there was something off uh, was something subjective. It was, uh, a, you know, a friend of mine said, you need to tune in to Mars Hill's uh, uh, Easter, uh, you know, uh, celebration. And I thought, all right, I'll tune into their live stream. And I tuned in and watched. And the production itself just was weird. It was off. <laughs> Okay, and you're right. It I, it was not something I ever brought to the air. It was just one of those things. I'm sitting there going, okay, this there's something there's something not quite right here, and uh, and my good friend Phil Johnson, uh, you know, we had had a conversation prior to that, and and he said, listen, Driscoll's not reformed. He's he's something different than what he's claiming to be. There's so, and he he says that 
none of the things you know, that he's saying actually line up if he were truly a Calvinist, you know, because, you know, at the time that, you know, he was supposed to be, you know, the leader of the young, restless and reformed. And yet the old school reform guys were sitting there going, no, something's really off here. Just something's really, really off here. And then I had uh, somebody send me a link uh, to uh, and give me the password to, you know, some kind of a leadership talk that he had given. And in that leadership talk, he was talking about, uh, you know, the, some of the concepts that you find in the business world, you know, good to great and, and other things like this. And he was saying that, uh, and he said that, you know, that behind the Mars Hill bus is a pile of dead bodies by the grace of God. And, uh, and, you know, and, the, and, the, and there's going to be more, you know, and if somebody doesn't get on, get in, you know, in line with the pastor's vision, then, you know, he needs to be thrown off the bus and the bus needs to run him over. And not only thrown off the bus, you know, you know the violence needs to happen to this person. And I went, whoa, we're dealing with something different here. And, and, and here's the thing. Driscoll said a lot of good things. Um, and in fact, he still does. He still says a lot of good things. You know, he's, you know, he's not a raging heretic and his errors are quite subtle for the most part. But the thing is, is that he exemplifies um, a really the big switch in, in evangelicalism from a pastor to a vision casting leader. Right. And, and that's where, and that's where the big rub was. And uh, as as a vision, these vision casting leaders, they claim that they receive a vision from God and their and their job is to cast the vision and the leadership team is accountable to the vision casting leader, but the vision casting leader is accountable to no one. Yeah. And and everything is organized then around the vision. And here's the weird bit is the more I studied this, um, it, when you look at kind of historical antecedents. Uh, it, 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 this, this, none of this was biblical. And my question was, where did this come from? Uh, you know, and oddly enough with, this was the same exact, um, leadership model that, um, that the Nazis employed when it came to the Fuhrer. <laughs> I, I'm not made, that's a historical <laughs> yeah. fact. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's so, and, uh, his, uh, and his concepts. Uh, and so as a result of this, it's like, these guys are really dangerous. And the problem is, is that, um, Rick Warren, Dan Sutherland, uh, 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 Bob Buford of Leadership Network, you think of Bill Hybels of Willow Creek, these guys were responsible, and now the, the guys at ARC, the Association of Related Churches, these all employ this vision-casting leader model, and what's happening is, is that you know they're not actually vetting people to see if they actually meet the biblical qualifications as a for a pastor because that doesn't matter. We we don't want that guy. We want the guy who's kind of edgy, who you know tells jokes really well, tells people what they want to hear, and is really hip and can fit in skinny jeans and stuff like this. If we go with the biblical model, then we're going to get a bunch of old guys with gray hair, and and we'll never be relevant. And so Driscoll was. Uh, kind of the poster boy for the vision casting leader. But here's the thing. I think Driscoll has, um, yeah, and this is my personal opinion, I'm not qualified to make the diagnosis, but he kind of um, demonstrates that he may have a narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah, you know, that's along those lines. And the thing is, is that the, the idea of a vision casting leader, it attracts guys like that. Yeah, you know, it attracts guys like that. If they he are, wasn't and manipulative and all this kind of stuff. If he wasn't a pastor, he would own a multi-million dollar business. You know, he's 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 talented. Oh, yeah. 
no doubt he's talented, but we've traded character for talent. And we don't care what the character is because we see that, man, yeah, he ran over people and he destroyed people's lives. And there was yelling and abuse, emotional abuse, manipulation. Uh, That podcast that came out, um, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, I was Uh, just... Oh, yeah, it's shocking. None of that that actually... None of the, uh, what I found surprising. In fact, some of the details in that podcast, I already knew about them because I've been talking, I've been, t- uh, when Mars Hill fell apart, uh, you know, I was the go-to guy for several of the people who left the leadership team, you know, to kind of yeah. walk through it, kind of heal from this stuff. Yeah. And, but I see that um, duplicating itself as well. So the church is mm-hmm. under attack from all these different things. You have yeah. the obvious to us, what seems obvious, false teachings, but mm-hmm. nuance is a lost art and it's, you know, Satan sneaky. And so we really oh, yeah. don't have our guard up anymore. Um, in fact, you're, you're suspicious if you have your guard up. Yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 you're just being carnal. You're, 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 you need to, you need to just follow your heart and, you know, and, and not put the Holy spirit in a box and not be so uptight. You're so divisive. Why are you, why are you trying to be divisive okay. within the church? I, unity, unity. You know, I see at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some of the things that you talk about on your show, uh, some of them are quite comical because you have like, uh, what's the bingo? You have a oh, yeah. prophecy. prophecy bingo. Yeah. yeah we, <laughs> we, we play that with some frequency. And the whole purpose of it is that, you know, I actually, it's, it's like more than, it's almost five years ago, I put together a list of like recurring things buzzwords that i heard from so-called prophets you know you know and so you know they'll, they'll say things like the, the lord is telling me in this season that uh, he's going to be releasing breakthroughs and uh, and this uh, you know it, 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 and that and that this is your time for a suddenly and they talk like this and, they, and and so what happens is that i was kept hearing these same words over yeah. and over and over again so i compiled them into a list and put them in a bingo card generator and and so we play prophecy bingo and the whole purpose of this is to demonstrate this isn't this isn't the voice of god yeah okay this is a list of words i compiled 5 years ago and you can hit bingo or multiple bingos while watching today's so-called YouTube prophets. And these guys, and this has become a garden, in, you know, the industry in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, so if you were to go to you know, uh, YouTube right now and, and put in the search engine, uh, word of the Lord for February 2022, you're going to get a multi-page list of, of prophets claiming uh, this is the word of the lord for the year uh, for the month of february 2022 and none of them agree with each other all of them are filled with these buzzwords and none of that is the voice of god in fact i'm terrified that so many people are following these uh, so-called prophets believing they're hearing god's voice when in fact they're not at all and it always is about your wealth and your breakthrough and it's never hey here's a word of the lord you need to repent or you're gonna die (laughs) it's never it's never the other side of the coin. So yeah, yeah, that's right. And enough, you got Jeremiah. Jeremiah twenty three is a good kind of counter reference to that. You know, same thing was going on in the time of Jeremiah. The false prophets of those days were peace, peace, and prosperity, and everything's going to be well with you. And and God has Jeremiah said they're they're saying these things to people who despise my word and refuse to repent of their wickedness. Yeah. You know, a true prophet turns p you know turns people from their sins 
towards God so that they can receive forgiveness, mercy, and life from God through the shed blood of Christ. And, uh, you know, false prophets, they're going to they're, they're gonna lead you into, you know, vapid nonsense. And, uh, and, and even if you're an impenitent, it doesn't matter. Oh, the, your, your future is glorious. You're going to have a suddenly and a breakthrough and, a, and all this nonsense. Yeah. What is um, the weirdest thing you've ever seen uh, oh. said or done in the name <laughs> of God? Because I know there's some, there's some, there's the whole Lord of the Rings thing I saw at Bethel where she's banging the staff and yeah. she ends racism with Gandalf staff. There's some crazy yeah. stuff out there. How did that work out, by the way? Uh, you know, yeah. you know, since she banged her staff, has the racism thing. According to so, CNN, it's never been higher. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that, that's that's way up there. And and here's the thing: it's really hard for me to like pick the craziest things because every time something super crazy happens, I think it can't get worse. And then it does. And, and so if, if I can say maybe one of the more notable crazy things I've seen is uh, back when uh, Jennifer LeClaire was the, uh, the chief editor for Charisma magazine, and she put out an article claiming that a sneaky squid spirit was on the loose wanting to attack people's mental health. And, uh, and I mean, we pointed out the complete absurdity of this claim that there's a sneaky squid spirit, but the story gets better. You know, so like a week or two after she published the article, Michael Brown had her on his, uh, you know, his line of fire program. And I actually called in. I, 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 and, and, and they had just, she had just left the interview and I called in and I said, why did you have this woman on? She's teaching. There's a sneaky squid out there trying to attack the body of Christ. And he said, well, I don't understand, whatever. And so, you know, our exchange was kind of terse. But a week later, he had her back on, and Brown defended the sneaky squid spirit. You know, yeah, a lot of people point to Michael Brown when they're trying to defend the prosperity gospel. They're like, but he's solid. He's solid. If I want to know Jewish apologetics, like apologetics from the Jewish perspective on how to help reach the Jewish people, he's not a bad resource. There's some good stuff that he's put out. Yeah, I've, I've favorably quoted him in several of my, uh, you know, seminary papers on that topic. You know, he's actually got some pretty darn good arguments when yeah. it comes to Jewish apologetics. He's and he's a scholar in his own right along those lines. But it just seems when it comes to this area, like he's just got those horse blinders on because he'll defend yeah. Sid Roth supernatural. Oh, Sid Roth is great. Sid Roth has the craziest people. If you've never gone to YouTube and just type in Sid Roth supernatural. Uh, everybody that's yeah. ever been to heaven is on his show and they oh, see yeah. a four headed dragon that prophesied. I mean, just, you're just like, and Sid's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. That's just amazing. It's so yeah. It's, and you really? can get this person's book for, you know, uh, yep. for a donation of 39 95. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, and and then I, I'll think I throw another one in is that uh, just a few years back, uh, a buzz came out of uh, Australia that somebody uh, related to Ben Fitzgerald of uh, of Bethel uh, that his mother was giving tarot card readings at New Age festivals, and turns out it was true. 
but they changed they they changed they weren't really tarot cards they had made their own cards called destiny cards yeah and they were claiming to be uh be able to give life readings via the power of the holy spirit so the reason why it was different it wasn't really tarot is because you know they were using the holy spirit rather than false spirits and chris valentin initially uh you know basically when you know said this is crazy and then later uh ended up defending it and uh, michael brown when he heard guys like me criticizing bethel and saying they're they're promoting these uh, new age tarot card readings he didn't believe us so he had the woman on his program and interviewed her and then at the end of the interview says no i can't endorse this yeah <laughs> well at least at least he had a line at least he's like okay this is even too crazy for me right, uh, right is it exhausting to live in this world for such a long time yes uh and it's uh and i i would note that uh it's not healthy to focus exclusively on heresy it's 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 actually a very serious and dark subject and uh, i personally have uh, had uh, a couple of bouts of clinical depression uh, you know, brought on by just the darkness of what I do. I've had to learn how to manage myself better. And, uh, you know, I can't do this five days a week like I used to 10 years ago. That's, that's, it's just too much. And so for me, uh, you know, I do a little bit of uh, the comparative work and I spend most of my time positively teaching God's word and discipling people in the sound doctrines of scripture, uh, you know, in the churches that I pastor and in the work that I do privately that and and then and then i have uh i have decided you know a few years ago i decided to get really serious about my photography you know so that i can turn off this yeah. stuff but you know i think back to the movie time bandits and there's you know, at the very end of time bandits there's this lump of coal sitting in a in a toaster and uh, it's it's a piece of evil from the the evil guy who had just been defeated and uh, and the and the line at the very end of it, the kid looks at that and it, it says to his parents, "Don't touch it; it's evil." Uh, you know, so dealing with heresy on a on a regular basis is such a dark thing. We're dealing with the actual demonic, yeah, um, and and things for real that are related to Antichrist and the and the and the growing end times uh, apostasy. And um, and if you're if you're thinking that you're going to turn things around, you've got you've got it all backwards. Read the book. We we lose, okay. But Christ wins at the end. So as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ, things are only going to get worse. And if you somehow think that you can jump into this, I'm going to turn things around. You got another thing coming. Okay? <laughs> I'm I'm post mill, so I do think we'll turn it around. <laughs> yeah. but that's you another know, that's another conversation right and so you know so the the idea here is is that uh you know uh, i i look at this and just basically say listen you know uh you, you know we're we're not we're not coming in to a glorious end and you know until christ returns is going to be deception false christ false prophets and it's going to get worse uh jesus even talks about the fact in in matthew 24 that these false prophets at some time are actually going to be able to perform great signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. All right. So could you imagine if Benny Hinn were, were legitimately able to perform something that looked like a supernatural miracle? Yeah. Okay. And the book of Revelation kind of hints at the idea that uh, the miracles that they could perform would be the ability to call down fire from heaven. 
And so, you know, I'm telling you, there's a day coming when one of these yahoos for real is going to be able to perform verifiable miracles. And and TBN's going to go wall to wall with it. God TV is yeah. going to go wall to wall with it. And guys like me are going to be, you know, kicked to the curb. You're just you're just a meanie poopy head and you're being divisive. Of course, that guy's operating under the power of God. No, he's not. Listen to his message. He can't rightly handle a biblical text to save his life. So, you know, it's it's. So I kind of look at it this way. It's not my job to save people. That's not my job. It's Christ's job. The Holy Spirit is the one who regenerates people. So I preach the word and God can worry about the results. I, you know, I'll do the warning and the rebuking and fulfill the duties of my pastoral office. And as far as the results are concerned, that's up to Jesus. It's not up to me. So it's kind of, you know, I, I, it's nice to be able to preach the word and let the chips fall where they may be, and knowing that Christ is going to do with his word what he's going to do with it. There's a gentleman who owns a juice bar just right down from our church and is part of all of this. And one day I just go in to get my little protein shake, post-workout, whatever, and yeah. And I had a lot on my mind and he's like, why are you always bringing that negative spirit in here? Now I had not said a word to the guy and then he tried to give me a free tea. And I was like, no, I don't really want it. And he's like, why would you reject this offering? Like all this crazy stuff. And I, I I've known he's crazy. So I usually don't bring up the conversations because I know where it's going to go. And yeah. there is a part of me that likes the fight, but I know the toll it takes on me. So I don't engage as much as I used to. Uh, Mormonism is my specialty. I deal a lot with that. Um, so I only got an energy for one cult at a time, but, <laughs> uh, you don't like the scatter gun approach. No, that I have. Yeah. He follows me out to my car and is like angry and upset What? Um, and is rebuking me and the church is going to fail in this amount of time and all this stuff. And so I tell one of, uh, the young guys in our church, I was like, man, that was crazy. So he goes in there cause he's young and he likes to fight. Uh, he says, yeah, he was telling me about how he casts the vaccine out of people when they walk in, whether they know it or not, because it's the mark of the beast. And then he begins to tell them the story of the 80 headed demons that he fought in his garage, but he defeated through the power of G and that's the just guy a needs to be locked up. He's yes. not meant down, but that's, that is an everyday conversation for those people. Yeah. And the people I see under his care are the poorest and most uneducated people who are just looking for somebody who care for them. So when we talk about the prosperity gospel, one of the reasons that I think we have to fight so hard against this is it preys on the weakest. And I don't oh, want to yeah. use the term dumbest, but the most naive, most vulnerable, most, most vulnerable. vulnerable. Yeah. That's yeah. better than stupid. Uh, yeah. Most, most vulnerable people in our culture. And then you have people like that who are, it was obviously anger issues. Um, mm. If he's really seeing demons in the garage, which he might be, uh, it's not a good thing. And mm -hmm. casting vaccines, I mean, uh, I call it the Christian superhero syndrome. Like the Marvel <laughs> I call movies. It strong delusion. Yes. You know, you know, so in, in Second Thessalonians chapter two, talking about, you know, you know, kind of the increase of weirdness as we head towards the return of Christ. Number one, uh, the man of lawlessness will not be re revealed until the rebellion, the apostasy takes place. But 2 Thessalonians uh, 2.11 says, therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth. I, I think of it this way, is, is that somebody who thinks they're fighting 
uh, they're casting vaccines out of people and weird stuff like this. They are under a strong delusion. Yeah. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, it, it really troubles me that that somebody like Kenneth Copeland is still as popular as ever because he ended the, 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 the pandemic back in March of 2020. You know, COVID nineteen, <laughs> right? You know, who he, took that seriously? I can't imagine somebody watching that going, "He really did it, amazing!" Right? But I, they do, I, I, they do. And here's the thing: we can definitively say he didn't. Yeah. And still, people are listening to this man. Then you listen to all the Trump prophets, right? Uh, oh, you know, yes. all the oh, the Lord told me Trump's going to win the uh, you know the 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 2020 election. How'd that work out? Biden's not going to be inaugurated. Well, he's inaugurated now. Well, Trump will be back in office in March. Well, March came and went, and he's not back. And, and, and you, you sit there and you go, what is wrong with these people? Here, here's the thing. This isn't stupidity. This is a judgment from God. This is a strong delusion sent by God because You'll know people outside of the church all of a sudden have more sense than people inside of the church. Mm. And that's, that's a scary thing. When CNN has more spiritual sense than you do, um, then you've got a problem. All right. That, that, that's a big problem. But all of this I see as a judgment from God, a, a judgment because the, the church has allowed the weeds to grow and God says, fine. Let's see what kind of crop this th these weeds produce and see how you like it. And so now we got Cat Kerr making trips up to heaven, claiming that you know there's you know lollipop fountains and and that and that there's a wild west portion of heaven. And John Wayne makes movies there. And and Sid Roth goes ooh. And Steve Schultz has her on every single Wednesday, and hundreds of thousands of people are watching this, going, "This is God speaking right now." No, it's not. You're under a delusion. You need to hear the truth because if you can continue in this, you're going to hell. Let's give people just because there might be a lot who aren't nearly as familiar with all of these names as maybe you and I are because we spend a lot of time swimming in these waters. Um, yeah. But there, there's mainstream people, too. right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, so there's people like Todd White. Uh, mm -hmm. Todd White is Kenneth Copeland's protege. Yep. And I have normal, everyday Christians who love Todd White. They're just oblivious. They, they don't think there's a connection there at all until you have to show them. Um, that's why things like documentaries like The American Gospel are, are good. Yep. And I know they're working on the third one right now. Um, there's Stephen Furtick. Stephen Furtick's a crazy person. Now, he's Southern yeah. Baptist, supposedly, right? Like, he's yeah. kind of under that umbrella. Graduated from Al Mohler's, uh, you know, seminary and. <laughs> in kentucky yeah uh-huh but yeah. that's that narcissist thing that i see i see the same thing in him you know he had the children's coloring pages like we will follow our leader and it's a picture of him like they're coloring pictures of him in sunday yeah. school <laughs> not yeah. moses or noah they're like i love steven mm -hmm. um and i always love how these guys like get in really good shape and dress really well uh there's a new so i think you even talked about it on one of your shows because Tulsa just makes these things like they just show up all of a sudden there's a new mega church here and uh gosh what is the name just what uh, you need it's another one you talked about he's the guy that spit in the guy's eyes oh yeah uh, Michael Todd yeah yeah he's just came out of nowhere like I know I had never heard of him then all of a sudden this church is buying this massive building and there's yeah. a guy that comes to our church who came here after leaving when this guy was a young startup before they had the billions of dollars i said well why'd you leave 
he goes, I used to be able to call him on the phone. He says, now he's driven around in a Bentley. Like he has a personal chauffeur who drives him around everywhere he goes. And he's all like on these celebrities. And now he's like, why is it that Christians want celebrities for a pastor instead of like a loving father figure who encourages them when they need to be encouraged and then disciplines when there needs to be discipline? Why do we assess with culture, like celebrities? The reason why is because we're all sinners. All right. So, you know, the, the sin, if you were to think of it, I mean, one of the ways the reformers talked about sins, the sin is they talked about it as being concupiscence. And people say, well, what is that? And it's like, all right, good way to you know, describe sin. It's to be bent in on yourself. All right. And so we, as Christ says, you know, by nature, we are children of the devil. And you, you look at Isaiah 14, you know, I will ascend to the highest height. I will, you know, okay. The, the devil is the quintessential narcissist. He wants to dethrone God. You know, so there he is tempting Jesus in the wilderness. And, and he says, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth if you just bow down and worship me, right? And here's the thing. We're all like that, okay? We want to be the popular one. We want to be the smartest. We want to be the prettiest. And so the, these guys come along and they're scratching itching ears. And the message that they've crafted is get, that God wants you to be all of that. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you, you to have power and influence and wealth and health and, and live the, the, the star lifestyle. Because what they've done is they've taken the end of narcissism. They've taken away holiness, real repentant holiness, and they've taken these vices and Try and basically gussied them up and says, this is the true fruit of the Holy Spirit is wealth and prosperity and influence and affluence and all this kind of stuff. And of course, he drives around in a Bentley. You know why he drives around in a Bentley? Because he's the top of the pyramid. He has to he has to practice what he preaches. So Yeah. 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 I don't I don't know what it is. Something in the water here or something like that. Uh, no, it's human nature. It's, there yeah. was a book I read many years ago when I was a young youth pastor by Mike Iaconelli, who I always liked because he was a hippie pastor. He didn't care about a huge crowd. He had a mm. small little church. He was very successful, but he just was like, I got a weird church with like a bunch of prison junkies. And he had just one line in a book. Uh, and it just said, what's up with Tulsa? And then it went on to a completely different subject. Yeah, And I yeah, find yeah. that all the time, like, what is up? What is it's going yeah, on. It is. It's our human nature. Mentors, one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Rod Rosenblatt. So, uh, yeah, he w for years was a co-host of the White Horse Inn with uh, Michael Horton, and he was on there for decades. And uh, and it, one time, just off the cuff, he says, "Here we've been fighting the liberals and the Tubingen School of Theology, you know, and all their weird, wacky liberalism." And he says, "And but we lost the fight to Tulsa." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're a center of great theology here. Um, no, no, but we're, really. we're, we're, we're not trying really. to, we're trying to turn the tide a little bit to give you a little bit of hope. Uh, the church that I'm currently at is older than the state of Oklahoma. It's 140 years old. Nice. It nice. was, uh, so I do church revitalization. It was down to six people and okay. we brought our team in and it's been growing. We had 13 baptisms last year, almost all of them adults, um, nice. that nice. had started to turn their life around. So Mm -hmm. There's more of these reformed, biblically based church plants kind of infiltrating Tulsa 
than I've seen before. So it, it's, nice. we're working on it. Um, the problem is, is we don't have the money they have because I mean, you don't need it. You, you yeah, don't need it. You don't, yeah. you don't need it. No. Uh, so, you know, I, I pastor a congregation that has been in place for almost 150 years, 150. Yeah. Hmm. And I also pastor a, a second congregation that's been around maybe about 135, 140. And, and here's the thing is that, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> we don't send out mailers, you know, and I don't do sermon yeah. series on how to have better sex and all this kind of stuff. You know what I do? I preach the word. Okay. Yeah. And, and let the chips fall <laughs> where they may. And, the, and we operate. So you know, at Kongsvinger, we operate on less than 60,000 a year. Yeah. And it's glorious. It's absolutely glorious. And so the thing is, is that the internet is a good equalizer. And so, you know, people are hearing the gospel because we're making it available through, uh, you know, recordings and live streams and things like this. And there's nothing crazy going on that we don't have a praise band. I don't wear skinny jeans and stuff like this. And the thing is, is that the people who are coming, they're hungry for the word because you know yeah. what they're not getting in those churches, mm -hmm. the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so they're, you know, they, they're leaving completely starving to death. And, and that's the bit is, is that if, you know, you're attending one of these big box churches and you think something's wrong, Check to see if your if your spiritual uh, stomach is grumbling because you're not being fed, and you'll find that that's the case. You know, Jesus says, "If you lift me up, I'll draw all men to Himself." So it's really easy what I got to do on Sunday mornings. If I yeah. lift Him up, He'll draw people. Right? Yeah, we don't exactly. Uh, we, my wife and I, we always treated this like missionary. So we raised our funds for the first twelve years because no mm -hmm. church we went to could afford to pay us anything. And right. you learn a lot through that process, like, oh, he actually takes care of us. He actually provides. Yep. Chris, yeah. thank you so much. Uh, I'm yeah. trying to think if I have I'll one do. more question for you. We got time for one more question. Uh, so if you had somebody, oh, like, how about this one? Give us an example of how people twist scripture, because sometimes it's so subtle, it's hard to pick up. So do you have an example of right. kind of a common way that scripture gets twisted? So you, you, I think of like Proverbs 29. Hang on a second here. Um, yeah, let, let, me, let me make sure I can say this properly. Otherwise, I'm going to end up messing it up. But um, uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Let's see here. Um, oh, how does it go? Um, uh, uh, hang on a second here. I, I got I to hunt this down because this is like the quintessential answer, uh, the quintessential one. Um, uh, I'll let you edit this out while I do my hunting. <laughs> I don't edit a thing. I was about to sneeze, oh, so I turned. My, yeah, I'm having I'm having one of those senior <laughs> moments where I can't I can't remember the text, but uh, you know it you know it it's it's the you know he says with his hang on a second here. Um, come on, Google. Yeah, uh, hang on a second. I gotta find it's it's a it's about the stingy fellow, okay? Um, you know that he he says you know eat the, these tasty morsels, but uh, his heart is not with you. That that's like a standard text. Hang on a second here. I'm gonna I'm gonna do King James, and I'm gonna look for dainty. There we go. I just needed to remember an actual word, dainty. And uh, and we'll look in the Old Testament. We'll look in Proverbs. Here we go. 23. There it is. It's 23. All right. So here's our context. This is a perfect example of, of nonsense that goes on. Uh, and, and here's what it says. 
uh, eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire his dainty meats, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so it's standard way that people twist te the text. This is an example of it. Uh, th they'll say that, uh, you know, it says in scripture, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so you need to have faith-filled words and you need to think positive thoughts and stuff like this. And they've totally taken it out of context. Uh, or then the other passage, you know, without a vision, people perish. Okay. And they'll say, so you need to have a big God-sized dream for your life. Well, when you look at the context in that, you know, without a vision, people perish. It goes on to say what the vision that we need is. It's the written word of God. It's the scripture. Yeah. And so the idea here is, is that there, there, we are overrun with people who are taking verses out of context and hijacking these, these words in order to make the Bible say things it doesn't say. So when somebody says, well, it says in scripture, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you need to, you know, and they build a whole theology out of it. Just go put it back in context. And it's about a stingy guy who, you know, when you go to his house and he says, yeah, go ahead and eat the peanuts. You know, the whole time you're eating his peanuts, he's, he's counting up the dollars and they're going, oh, I can't believe this is going to cost me this much money. Okay, that's the whole point of that proverb. And, you know, as a man thinketh, you know, it, it, so when somebody talks like that, that's like the quintessential uh, twisting example. But there's so many more that we talk about. Like, you know, you know, there are people out there. It says that you know, you, you look at Habakkuk. You know, it talks about writing the vision down and making it plain. So you need to have a vision board. No, that's not what that passage is about at all. <laughs> it's just like absolute nuts. You know, but all of that is like these are major twists of scripture that have been woven into the fabric of the mainstream of today's evangelicalism. And all of it is leading you astray and getting you to focus in on yourself rather than repent of your sin, repent of your narcissism and your focusing in on yourself and trust in Christ and take up your cross and follow him. Yeah, uh, if we would actually sit with our Bibles open and read the verses before and the verses after when somebody says something, yeah. it makes it real easy to go, that doesn't match what this says. Uh, yeah. If people want to know where to find you, um, podcast, yeah. YouTube, where do they go? Okay, so YouTube channel, just uh, look for Fighting for the Faith and you know, type in Chris Roseborough, you'll find us. Um, uh, the, and if you want to see the archives of the podcast, then you go to uh, fightingforthefaith.com. And, uh, and, you know, then all, all of our resources are available there and, you know, decades worth of work in a, in a five, you know, five days a week podcast. And then, you know, all of the YouTube stuff is on our YouTube channel, but yeah, I continue to do it, but I have to do it at a more sane pace so that I don't lose my mind. So yeah, there's a reason I only do one podcast a month. Um, I do it cause it's fun. Yeah. I, I, I used to write for the Baptist, um, it's called the Baptist Messenger. They had this big publication that went out all the time. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you got to do this many a week and things like that. And I was like, that's not fun. I, I don't want to feel like I'm pressured to do it. I want to do it when there's something to say. And so it's good because it'd be real easy. Everybody's got a podcast now. Like if I do this every week that I can build my audience and then I can become a celebrity Christian, you know? Um, yeah, that's your motivation. Get out of the business. Okay, yeah. you know. It, you know, in, you know, my goal is like, I want to put a podcast together or a video together that will help somebody. Yeah. And I care less about whether or not I build an audience. What I care about is, is that it's reaching people so that they can be 
have their minds opened by the word of God and set free from a false teacher. And the reality is this, is that there's a day coming when I won't be doing that anymore, either because I'm going to retire or die. And who cares? I mean, what does the Apostle Paul says? Listen, you know, so he says, you guys are in Corinth, you know, you're, 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 you're mere spiritual children. I can't even give you meat because of how immature you are. It says, one says, I follow Paul. The other says, I follow Apollos. And Paul says, who's Paul? Who's Apollos? You know, we're, we're just servants, okay? Yeah. The one who plants, the one who waters is nothing, nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay, God doesn't need a rose bro. God doesn't need a pirate Christian. God doesn't need my YouTube channel, all right? My YouTube channel exists as a labor of love for the people in the body of Christ, and it's not about me or building a platform or be, being a celebrity. If that's what you think about me, then find somebody else to listen to. You know, I my my goal is to preach Christ and to preach the word. And if it reaches people, great, but it's a, it's the goal is for it to be a resource to serve people, not myself. And that's why I like you. Uh, Chris, thanks for your time, man. It was really nice to meet you. I've listened to you for years, so it was great to chance to have you on here and, and discuss things. So um, thank you, Jared. Yeah, we'll we'll have to have you on again in the future. And uh, next time, next time yeah, we well, hit like the peak crazy, I just need to have you on real quick. Like, let's talk about peak crazy because you know we haven't even got close. It's it's gonna get weird. Some one of these guys oh, yeah. is gonna start a cult in the middle of nowhere. There's a new Jonesboro yeah. coming. I mean. Oh it's, yeah, you know it. You know it. And and, and you know, I I would note that the in the, the brewing scandals right now, you know, are in the ark churches are huge. There's a there's sexual harassment lawsuits. There's all kinds of stuff. These uh, these ark vision casting leaders, a bunch of them are spectacularly failing morally, and uh, and one one in particular, Tavner Smith. I mean, after removing himself for six weeks to take a sabbatical, he put himself back in the pulpit. You know, yeah. <laughs> What on he's, earth? He's a, a narcissist without accountability. Who could have saw that going None, on? none right. at yeah. all. So, yeah. All right. Is there anybody else we need to watch out for? We mentioned Todd White, Stephen Furtick, and uh, you know, there's a bunch of other. But is there somebody else that? Listen, there, there's there's always going to be somebody else. Yeah. Okay. The way you spot a counterfeit is not by focusing on counterfeits. Focus on the authentic. Get into the word and understand it. And when somebody teaches something that's false, you're going to go, that's not right. Yeah. Because you know, there's too many false teachers and there's a new crop of them coming up and uh, I, I can't even keep up with them. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, it's you know, exhausting. It's exhausting. You know, focus on the real thing and uh, and you're not going to be duped by the, the counterfeits. So, Chris, thanks again. And uh, if you guys enjoyed this, be sure to check out more on Dog Backwards Podcast. You can go to KaylaMoore.tv and find the rest of them and whatever else info you need. So thanks again. We'll see you later. All right.